This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited about tonight. You know, a lot of times I kind of, you know, start the services with uh, saying that, you know, there's not going to be ever be a service just like this one ever again. You know, these are, these are events that I believe that we can, when we get to heaven, we can, we can look back and say, oh, you're, you, know, you remember that? We sat in that service, and when we got that from that service, and it was something that served us well for the rest of our lives. Amen. You know, and I believe that can be for tonight. You know, for, uh, for the ones that are open and receptive, because, you know, the Holy Spirit, He's, he's not limited to me, aren't you thankful? <laughs> He knows your address. He knows where you live. He knows what you need. You know, we all need different things, right? It, that's as diverse as the people that are here. You know, none of us look the same. We're all different. Praise the Lord. God kept it interesting, didn't he? It's like you look, you look at me, it's like, wow. It's like, praise the Lord. <laughs> what can we do with this? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know what? It's so amazing to serve God. You know, I was just sharing with the people that came to pray. You know, this evening we're praying. And, and you know, we're praying for this area. And, uh, and I was just, what came up in my heart was, you know, there's people that have been praying for this church for decades. Did you know that? And some of them have gone home to be with the Lord. And actually, I was thinking about Tara Klon. He prayed for this church. And I just had it in my heart that we're going to start to step into some of the things that some of these people prayed for. Because prayers uttered in faith are eternal. You know, you serve a God who stands outside of time. He's not bound by time. You know, it says that for him, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like one day. You know, he stands outside of this, but he hears every prayer. And there's not one prayer that is prayed in faith that passes by him. And so we're going to start to, to step into some of these things that some of these people have prayed for. You know, and I was also reminded, don't look at the past. You know, don't look at the past to determine what your future is going to look like. And that'll preach for most people. Because your future is not determined on your past unless you let it. You know, so God has some great things for us to step into as a church and as individuals that he has seen ahead and made preparation for. You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, it says that he, you know, he made you for good works, which he prepared beforehand that you should walk in them, Ephesians 2.10. So he has a, a great plan for your life. Actually, it's over and above anything you could have asked for or imagined because he's that kind of a God. And so if you've, if you've gotten tripped up by the past, I would encourage you to, to just leave the past alone. You can't do anything about it anyhow. Right? But you can do something with today and with tomorrow. And you can start to step into those things that God prepared for you, which are great. And they're going to make you happy. And they're going to make you glad. Hallelujah. And that's for somebody here because I didn't prepare any of those things in my notes. But, um, you know, if you need to be encouraged about your future, it's bright. It's bright. If you, if, you, if you decide to walk with God, it's bright. 
and is brighter than what you could have ever imagined it to be. If you stay on God's side, you know, there's some things that, that'll trip you up in life, you know, a little bit. And, and, and I heard one minister, I think it was Keith Moore, said this. He said that, you know, he said, no matter what happens, he says, always stay on God's side. Because there's going to be some things you don't understand. <laughs> it's just, it almost like it came out of nowhere and you don't understand why this happened to you. Well, God is going to help you out of it. And I want to let you know this, God didn't get you into it. He actually probably tried to steer you clear of it, but we didn't listen for whatever reason. You know, and we've all been there, right? And because, and, you know, I, I, I can tell you, you know, I think if I, if, I, if I remember far enough back, I think I missed it. That's, no, we all miss it. <laughs> it's not like you just missed it one time. That was supposed to be a joke. Nobody laughed. <laughs> it's a tough crowd. <clears throat> but, you know, we'll work with what we got, right? And so... <laughs> the future is bright. Hallelujah. And it's going to be great, greater than what you thought possible. And so, you know, when you start just going with, uh, with the flow like that, it's like, where do you jump in your notes? Praise the Lord. Uh, another thing that I was just thinking about as we were in there praying is, uh, you know, it's so fun to be, to be part of something eternal. You know, when it comes to, to the things of the church, you know, to, to, to God things, they're eternal. You know, and, 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 and there was one, one guy, he was a mighty man of prayer. His name was Phil Halverson. And um, he went home to be with the Lord in a service on the platform. I don't know, I, I read, I've heard this before, but I also read it in a book by Billy Brim called My Call to Help the Prayers. And it's an excellent book. And... Um, and he was called to the, to the platform by Pastor Mac Hammond. And they were, they were on the platform. They were talking to each other in, 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 in other tongues, which it talks about in Acts chapter 2. You know, they were all baptized and they spoke with other tongues. And then they fell out under the power of God. And Phil never got up. He went home to be with the Lord. And so when they, when they started listening to some of the services that he had been in and prayed in up until that time, he was praying for this man of God. He was going, this faithful man of God who was going to go home and be with the Lord in three months. And then another service that came down to two months, and then one month, and then he was praying of his own homecoming, home going, which is pretty cool, you know? And so, and they also, people that knew him said that he, you know, God will give you assignments to pray for, people to pray for if you will listen, you know? And and he, 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 he would hand off his prayer assignments. He told Lynn Hammond, he said, never stop praying for Billy Brim. I thought that was pretty interesting. You know, how he was just in tune with the Spirit of God and, and he handed off his assignments before he left. Eternal things. I just, I'm intrigued by the kingdom of God. You know, and these are things that we can be part of because we're all called to be part of the body of Christ. You know, we all have different functions, right? It's like a body, you know, here it's like, you know, my eyeball, it would be a, not a very good big toe, you know, right? It wouldn't work very well. And my face wouldn't be a very good bottom, you know, sit on your face, you know. It's, it's, you see what I'm saying? So we all have different functions and they function well in their place, 
right? And so we're all, we're all called to have a part of this that is eternal. You know what, what Fellowship Church is called to do in this area is eternal. It's people's lives, it's people's destinies are at stake. You know, and so, so we come together as a, as a body, and when we come together, you know, the, the, the Bible talks a lot about unity. As we're in unity and as we esteem others better than ourselves, as we get together as one, then we can get a lot of things accomplished that you would never be able to accomplish on your own, or even the body won't be able to accomplish unless you were there. You know, because, it, you know, if you, if you ever, you know, somebody has a, you know, a bad knee or something like that, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to get around, you know, if that knee don't work properly, right? So the body can get around, but not like it's supposed to, right? And that's almost like if there's something missing, if the knee was not even there, it's like, that would be difficult, you know, you could, you'd get around, but not like you're supposed to. And that's why your part, you know, is so vital when you get be you're part of the body life of the church, you fill your place, and now the body is effective to do what the body was called to, go, to do together. And I believe that we're going to be, be reaching our area for the Lord. I mean, seriously, I believe that Oakland is going to be changed. We prayed about that tonight. I believe Oakland is not going to be the same. Because when the light of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ comes into a place, all the cockroaches flee. When light comes, darkness goes. It takes this long. You know, and yes, and there's, there, there's been some, some it's so funny, because I believe God is going to do it just because it's been like this. They've been like kind of maybe a little hesitant, you know, to the church because they don't know what this big building is. They, you know, sometimes you're afraid of things you don't know anything about. You know, but I believe that, that, that God is just going to reach this city. And that's just one of them. You know, the people of this church, you know, you represent so many communities around. And I believe God is going to reach them all through us. Because the gospel is powerful. You know, the same power that was in the resurrection is in the gospel. Did you know that? See, people receive the word of God. It will produce miraculous results in that person. And that kind of gets us into what we're going to talk about tonight, because I'm going to talk about words. And you know, I've talked about words I don't know how many times. <laughs> the power of your words, how important it is to watch what comes out of your mouth. Well, there's a reason why I think that the Lord brings it back over and over and over and over again, because I think that sometimes we shoot ourselves in the foot by not watching what we say. You know, because the Bible says that, that if, you know, if you believe in your heart, you speak with your mouth, you know. Well, first of all, that's how you get saved. You know, you believe in your heart that Jesus died, rose from the grave for you, that he bore the penalty for you, and you believe that in your heart, and you confess with your mouth, you're saved. Hallelujah. And that is much more than what most people know, what it means to be saved. We're going to get into some of that, too. But Dr. Jungi Cho, he had... You know, he, he went home to be with the Lord, but he, he built a humongous church in South Korea. I think there were, were up to seven, eight hundred, maybe a million members, which is a fairly large church, wouldn't you say? And so he probably knows a little bit what he talked about. And so he, he, was, he was big on words, and, and he said, and I'm going to read just a little bit of a story here. And he said this about words. 
So I want to speak to you about the creative power of the spoken word and the reason why the usage of it is so important. One morning I was eating breakfast with one of Korea's leading neurosurgeons and he was telling me about a recent finding about various operations of the brain. He asked, Dr. Cho, did you know that the speech center in the brain rules over all the nerves? You ministers really have power because according to recent findings in neurology, the speech center in the brain has total dominion over all the other nerves. I laughed saying, I've known that for a long time. He asked me, how did you know that in the world of neurology, these are new findings? I replied, I learned them from Dr. James. Who's this Dr. James, he asked. He said, why, he was one of the famous doctors in biblical times nearly 2,000 years ago. I replied, and in his book, chapter 3, in the first few verses, Dr. James clearly defines the activity and the importance of the tongue and the speech center. The neurosurgeon was completely amazed. Does the Bible really teach about this? Yes, the tongue is the least member of the body, but it can bridle the whole body. Then the neurosurgeon began to expound on their findings and said that the speech nerve center has such power over all the body that simply speaking can give one control over his body to manipulate it in the way he wishes. He said if someone keeps on saying, I'm going to become weak, then right away all the nerves receive that message and they say, oh, let's prepare to become weak. For we have received instructions from a central communication that we should become weak. If someone keeps saying, I'm very old, I'm so very old and so tired, I can't do anything, then right away the speech center control response begins giving out orders to that effect. The nerve response, yes, we're old. We're ready for the grave. Let's be ready to disintegrate. If someone keeps on saying that he is old, then that person is soon going to die. Isn't that interesting? A neurosurgeon says this about the tongue. And so should we put some emphasis on the power of our words? You think that's important? So let's read James chapter 3 and verse 2. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships. Also, they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So with your tongue, you can bridle your whole body. You could keep it under subjection. Isn't that interesting? You know, and, and I want you to... You know, because I was just, I was impressed as I was preparing this today is that don't take this lightly. Because if you miss this, you're going you're gonna to say some things and you are going to not say other things that you're supposed to say. And it's going to affect your whole life. Because the Bible, you know, what's recorded in this Bible, in this book, is stuff that is vitally important for us to get. You know, John in his gospel, he said that if everything that Jesus said and did was recorded, he says, I suppose not even all the books in the whole world will be able to contain it. And we have what? Four gospels talking about what he did when he walked on the earth. Right? So what's in this book he put there so you could be an overcomer? Because it's not just enough to know that God wants to bless you. 
It's not enough just to know that God is for you. You have to realize what he has put in your possession. And that is authority over your life. And that starts with you using your tongue. And you can see that in the new birth. If that, if that confession that Jesus is Lord can move you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light with just one confession that Jesus is Lord, what other things can the tongue do? In Proverbs 18, verse 20, and you've heard this many times, but I want you to hear it in a different way tonight. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 20 says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips he shall be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So the words of your mouth will produce something, Right? And the reason why this is so, it's because of how you're made. And let's go back to the book of beginnings in Genesis chapter 1. And I was just like, oh, well, this is stuff I heard in kindergarten. Well, you didn't get it in kindergarten, so here we are. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, there's some stuff in Genesis that you will see, and they, they, are, they are this way forever. And if you get it, you will see things in a different light. Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read a lot of scripture. I'm going to take my time. Starting in verse 1, if you're going to be thorough. <laughs> Let's read the whole Bible. You got five hours? Eight hours? Ten? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Maybe this reflects your life. It's a mess. I want to see how we can fix it. Then God said, let, well, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. God called the firmament heaven, and so the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And you see here, he said, and it was. He said, and it was. He said, and it was. Get the point? He said, and something changed. Let's jump to... Uh, Verse 24, then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to his kind, cattle and creeping thing and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind, and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Now, 
Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in his own image, in his own image, in the image of God. He created him, male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Hallelujah. So he made us in his image and in his likeness. Can we agree on that? According to the scriptures? Go to Genesis 2 and verse 7. Genesis 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. God put something of himself in you. He put something of his spirit in you. He made you a living being. You are a just like God. He is what I would say. He's a spirit. You know, you can't see God. You know, he's a spirit. He's a speaking spirit, and he made you one. He made you a speaking spirit just like himself. You're made in the image of God, and you are in the God class of being. And to some people, some religious thinking is running around in their heads right now and saying, what are you saying? Well, I'm just quoting the Bible. I'm just quoting the Bible. And I think as a Christian, somebody who is supposed to be so Christ-like that it's evident, you know, we need to see who we are. We need to understand how this works. He made you a speaking spirit. Hallelujah. And since he speaks and creates things, then we need to watch our mouth. In John 6, 63, this is John speaking. No, it's not John speaking. It's Jesus speaking. John 6, 63. He says, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So in Jesus' words, he says, they are spirit and they are life. So Jesus, you know, he said, I only speak what I hear the Father say, right? He never said anything that he didn't hear from the Father. And so these are basically God's words that he's speaking. He says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Aren't you glad that God's words are life? So he says, his words contain something. They have substance. And so does yours. <laughs> I would put it this way. God's, God puts something from or of himself in his words. That's why it's so important to really heed what this Bible says and receive it as if it is God speaking to you because it is. And I think one scripture that really, really 
tells this story is in Luke chapter 1, when the angel came to Mary. You know, angels are messengers, right? They're messengers from God. They have a message to deliver, right? And so he came and he, he delivered God's words to Mary. And in verse 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month, for her it was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. And I, I, a lot of times when I read this, I want to emphasize that, you know, she was a young lady. And, you know, the normal routine is you don't have babies on your own. <laughs> right? And so you can't tell me she understood everything that was entailed in this whole deal here. The Holy Spirit's going to over. No, nobody before or after her ever went through anything like this. He said the Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you. And you're going to give birth to the, to the Son of God. But her response is priceless. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her because he had delivered substance. That now that word became flesh. She received the words of God and it produced in her the Son of God. And the thing is that if you will receive the word of God in the same way, you will never understand everything about how God is going to do a miracle for you, get you out of your situation. You will never understand everything about how God does stuff, but if you will just receive what he says, then he's going to be able to perform a miracle in your life, and you will be able to just enjoy So I brought, a, I brought a picture here, and do you have that there? I got two pictures, and uh, just going to illustrate this a little bit. This is, uh, uh, I sold it, but it's a 68 Chevy short white pickup that I had in Norway. This is like house I grew up in. It's just behind there. Anyhow, and uh, this truck I did a lot of work to. I ripped out the engine. I built a new engine. It was blueprinted. I had Dart 2 heads on it, put an Edelbrock fuel injection on it, and uh, redid the rear end. And I had a lot of fun with that thing. But then I got into something where I really had no business getting into, and that is uh, putting a shift kit in a transmission. And you know how many small parts is in a transmission? <laughs> and they give you this kit with all these springs and balls and stuff, and you're just like, where does all this stuff go? And so, you know, I put it back, you know, I put it where I thought it was going to go and put it back together, and that transmission never worked as it was supposed to. And so I bought me a different transmission. I bought me a four-speed instead of this three-speed, put it in there. And guess what? I could put that thing in drive and push the gas, and that thing would move. And the cool thing about it is that the only thing I had to do was put it in drive and, and push the gas. I didn't have to understand everything about that transmission. 
I didn't have to understand how that transmission would get that power and that torque through and to the rear end. I didn't have to understand all that. I just had to put it in drive and push the gas. And that's kind of the same principle here with the, with the, with the Word of God. You know, there's some things that you're going to understand. And you put it into practice like using your words for you. And there's some things that you're really not going to understand, but it doesn't really matter because it works. It works. And there's some things about the kingdom of God that you're going to just have to take at face value. If the Bible says it, I'm just going to believe it and I'm going to watch my words. And the thing is that if you will do that, it's going to start producing in your life. Praise the Lord. I was down at the prayer and healing center down at Ramah for a little over two and a half years. And um, it's in Tulsa, Oklahoma, if you don't know where Ramah is, anyhow. And uh, I was just volunteering there, full-time volunteer. <laughs> and anyhow, but we put a great emphasis on the power of the Word of God. That the Word of God is eternal. That the Word of God will never change. And that it's good to get that settled in your heart because you're going you're gonna to meet some circumstances that are going to put that to the test. Do you trust what God says or don't you? And of course there in the morning sessions, people came that they were, a lot of them were terminally ill. You had to be sick to get in the door or something wrong with you. And so a lot of people came there with stage four cancer and, and stuff. And, you know, you have a real attentive crowd. You know, when people are about to die. And so they're listening, but you could see. You could see it when light bulbs went off. And, we, and, 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 and one of the things that we've administered is that, you know what, the Word of God is true. And it's eternal, and it will never change. Your situation, on the other hand, is subject to change. Just like spring turns into summer, summer to fall, like we're going to experience here in a little bit here, and then fall into winter, the same is true. But any situation that you, you, you face in life, it's subject to change. The Word of God, on the other hand, will never change. But if you apply it to your situation, that situation has to bow. And so, you know, we would, we, would, we would bring out scriptures like 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13. It says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. In Psalm 107, verse 20, it says, He sent His word and He healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 says, My son, give attention, give attention to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. What is it that God is saying? Incline your ear. He says, don't let them de depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. One translation says, medicine to all your flesh. So, we would give them scriptures like Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. 
This says, surely he hath borne our griefs and cared our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The testament for our peace was on him. And by his stripes we were healed. Hebrew puts, you know, it means mended, repaired, cured, and made whole. Praise God. That's what he did for you. That's what he did for you. So we just, we just told them, regardless of what this feels like right now, regardless of what it looks like right now, you put that word in your mouth. And you start to speak that word. You start to agree with that word. And we, we saw that word. For those that, that took a hold of it, received it as if it was God speaking to them, receiving it as if it was medicine to all of their flesh, they started to get better. Because now the word of God is effectively working in them, bringing a healing and a cure. Why? Because they're taking this seriously. They're using their mouth for their benefit. They're not talking about how I feel. Oh, I feel so, at least I'm, I'm you know, it said, the Bible says, let the weak say, why is that? Does it just want you to lie? No, no. He wants you to change your situation. And your words will change your situation. Your words are powerful. You want to see change? Well, you have to change what you say. I've seen people close to me that would say things over and over and over again that, oh, I've wasted 20 years. Oh, I've wasted 20 years. Guess what? They went home to be with the Lord and they wasted 20 years. Why? Because that's what came out of their mouth. It didn't have to be that way. I said it did not have to be that way. But if you get tricked by the devil, he wants to get a hold of your tongue. He wants to get those thoughts in there that you don't amount to anything. Your, your life will never get better. This situation, you will never be able to get out of it. And so what are you going to do when those come? You need to shut them down. You need to say, no, you lying outfit. It's going to change. And just because you say, you say it, you're a liar. I know that's not true. So I'm going to get my nose in the Bible, and I'm going to find out what God says about me. God said that the blood of Jesus has redeemed you from the curse of the law. He said that your descendants will be blessed. They will be called mighty in the land. Because you're righteous because of the blood of Jesus. But if you don't agree with God, God is limited to what he can do in your life. You will limit him with your words or you will release him with your words. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. Now the choice is ours. I'm going to choose life. There are some things that should be in our mouths, mouths continually. And as one of my favorite scriptures has become here of late is, is Hebrews 13.20. I think it is. It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. I thank God that he's working in me. Hallelujah. He is He's got the power. He's got the stuff. He just needs me to agree with him. 
He said, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. Now, now we're talking covenant here. I'm in covenant with Almighty God. And because of that covenant, he wants to work in you. He wants to change some things, rearrange some things so you can live a blessed life. So much so that people around you will see it and call you blessed. Especially the people that know you because they know that they could never have done that in their own strength. Well, let me tell you what God did for me. We can release God with our words. So he can do some marvelous things. He can rearrange old thought patterns. Come on now. He can rearrange that. Oh, by the power of the word of God. The word of God, when it comes in, you know what it does? It gives light. When you receive the word, when you feed on the word, that's why you should, you should feed as much as you have time to on the word of God. Because the entrance of the word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And Hebrews 4 Verse 12, put it up there on the screen. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 4, verse 12. For the word of God is living. It's a living thing. And it is powerful. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It'll help you. To discern, is what I've been thinking, is what I've been dwelling on, is it right or should I get it out of my life? He will help you to see clearly, to see truth. The word of God will help you not be deceived by the enemy. There's a lot of deception going on in this world. He says that the God of this world has blinded their eyes. And it has crept into the church. He's blinded people's eyes. So people walk in darkness when they should walk in the light. And the only thing that can fix that is the living word of God received as if God is speaking directly to you. To help you. And he is speaking directly to you tonight. And I prayed. I prayed that you would receive this word. Because I know that this will help you. This will change your life. I'm not up here preaching just because I, I, I enjoy preaching. No, I'm here so that you can be helped. So you can get out of the mess. So you can start to live the blessed life. So you can start to live in the light of the gospel. Because your life is not just about you. The blessing you walk in is not just for you. It's for your children. And your children's children. It's for your kids. It's for those people that will be exposed to you in some way, form, or fashion. You need to kill some giants and then teach other people how to kill some giants. You know that salmon, you know, they, they swim, you know, thousands, a couple of thousand miles or whatever it is to get back to their stream where they, they were born to lay their eggs. Well, they have to swim upstream. And there's some hungry bears that just want to eat them. Right? But they swim anyhow. Because they want to get upstream to lay their eggs. You need to swim upstream to lay your eggs. Because this is not just for you. It's for future generations. So they can accomplish the will of God for their lives. 
And the greatest thing, thing you can leave to your kids and to your grandkids is a spirit of faith. It's faith in God. It's faith in the word of God. Because that'll keep them more than any inheritance will. Because the word of God will get you through the hard spots. The word of God will make sure they're blessed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Whoo! You know, this is a, this is a scripture. Actually, I, I've, I love Colossians chapter 1. But one time when Pastor Mike was preaching, he, was, he, was, he, he got to chapter, he got to verse 12. And, 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 and I'm going to read and I'm going to tell you what jumped out at me. He says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And as he read that scripture, the Holy Ghost said, yes, but he will not make you partake. He said, he has qualified you. He did that through the blood of Jesus. But now... It's up to you. What are you going to do with what Jesus did for you? I was like, that's right. Because you haven't walked very long with the Lord until you realize that I'm going to have to get involved here. I'm going to actively have to get involved. I'm going to have to take ownership of being a child of God. Being somebody who has authority in my life. You know, I have to, as, as the head of my home, God put it that way. You know, I have, I have some responsibilities for my wife and for my children. I need to pray for them. I need to speak life over them. I need to speak life over my kids. I, I always, I, I pray over my kids. I say they develop perfectly in every way, spirit, soul, and body. They're strong and healthy. They're vibrant. They're full of life. They're quick understanding. They learn fast. They remember it well. They're blessed by God Almighty because I have a covenant with Almighty God. And I pray over my, my wife. And then I pray over myself. Speak things over myself, what the Word of God says about me. And then if Lily's there, she says, and Roxy Dog, and my fish. <laughs> <laughs> have to get the dog in there, you know, and the fish, because they're blessed too. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hmm. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach next Wednesday too, so we can kind of continue from here. But I, 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 I wanted to, to lay this foundation one more time. Because it's, 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 these are foundational things that we need to have in place to live victoriously. And so, you know, you really can't hear this too many times. And I'm telling you that, that the way that you, you listen, the way that you pull, is going to give the Holy Spirit actually... It makes all the difference in the world to what God is able to deliver. You know, we, we say unction, you know, it's like, you know, what, what comes out of your heart from the Holy Spirit is greatly affected by the people there. Did you know that? If people are not interested, if they're just sitting there kind of just laid back and it's just like, well, I wonder when it's when done, you know, they, they effectively shut down the flow because, because the anointing on the minister is for the people. 
And so if the people are not open and receptive, well, then there's no use for the anointing. You're just wasting your time. So anyhow, so it's greatly affected by who's there and how they're listening. So praise God. Thank you for listening well. Hallelujah. Well, we're about out of time. So I'm going to, I think this is a good place to kind of just transition. Praise the Lord. And uh, I know you're going to be blessed. Praise the Lord. Let me just pray over you and then we'll take up an offering and then we'll dismiss. Father, oh, what a privilege. <laughs> what a privilege it is, Father. Hallelujah. To minister your word, which is eternal, Father God. Your word is precious. Your word, Father, hallelujah, helps us, keeps us, hallelujah, instructs us, Father, in righteousness, in how to walk out, Father, your plans and your purposes for our lives, which we know are amazing. Because you are such a great God. So I just thank you, Father, for what, what we were able to, to, to receive from you tonight, Father. And I thank you for each and every one here, Father. I ask that you will help them, hallelujah, to, to, to grasp and understand, Father, what they need to know for now. I thank you, Father, these, these seeds of your word, Father, that have been sown in their hearts will produce a harvest. Because I know, Father, your word, you said it, it'll never return void. It always will produce what it was sent to produce. And in a heart that is open and receptive, Father, we know that's going to happen. So I thank you, Father, for bringing us up. Hallelujah. For bringing us up in your things. For bringing great light and great revelation, Father. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, we're so grateful and so thankful, Father God, for your word and for your Holy Spirit that helps us to understand these matters, Father. And as we put them into practice, we know, hallelujah, we know, Father, hallelujah, that our lives will be changed for the better. And we thank you, Father, for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to give you a chance to invest into the kingdom. And, you know, since I'm so early, I can share a little bit, uh, you know, about, you know, we talk about when you, when, you, when you join yourself, you know, to a vision, whatever, and you give into Fellowship Church and what it is that Fellowship Church is doing, then, you know, over and above your tithe, when you give, that's a seed, right? And that seed will produce. And so I'm just going to throw this out there so you can kind of just think about it. And... Um, the blessing of increase is in that seed. What does that mean? What it means that God has said that when you put a seed in the ground, it'll produce. And that's the same with, with any seed that you would sow. You know, if you look in the natural, you know, we're, we're in an agricultural area here. You know, if you put a seed in the ground, well, you put the seed in the ground. And then God has made the blessing to make that multiply. It happens in the ground. You don't really know what happens. It says he multiplies the seed sown. That's what God will do. And then guess what? Who reaps? Who reaps? The farmer. 
or the same person that sows is also the same person that reaps. And maybe I'll teach some on this a little bit later, but it's just like we need to learn to follow the Holy Ghost to reap. Because a lot of us have sown tons and tons of seed and haven't really seen what God has promised in the Word as far as you receiving back. And so you don't give to receive, but surely there's something you can use that for, to help others in need. You know, if nothing else, you can pay somebody's car off, I'm sure you'll at least get a hug. It's funny. You know, you could laugh a little bit. (laughs) So in all of the things of the Word of God, you have to walk with God. You have to listen to the Holy Ghost, and He will teach you how to reap. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That was a short uh, offering message. Hallelujah. So there's many ways to give. You know, you can text to give or you can...